And Fallout New Vegas, I only drink toilet water. Pretty clean. Well, not in New Vegas. But that's that's my character quote. You know how some people they they play like I won't kill innocents or I'm only going to eat the flesh of things I killed myself. My quirk is I drink from toilets. My quirk is you I see, take everything. What I, I can. love is I can just edit out any <laughs> reference to New Vegas and just <laughs> try to say my quirk is I drink from toilets. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> And welcome to World 1 Stage 1. I am Simon. I am Troy. And I'm Mike. We're back again. Yay. We keep doing this. Well, the problem is, is um, recently, one of our, our hosts, namely the technical genius, Simon. The one uh, with all the microphones and shit. Oh, yeah. Has, is now in possession of a... Well, in possession? Do you add a full-time job to your inventory? Or... I think you drop unemployed. Okay, so you drop. Yeah, Simon has dropped unemployed from his inventory, which presents us with a quandary. Does a little bit because I'm working in Bristol. Yeah, which is some distance away from Cheltenham. Therefore, my weekly routine at the moment looks something like: get up fucking early on Monday, right? Come back twelve hours later from work, go to gym, come back from gym, fall down, go boom. How do I? I've got to admit, I never actually put that into context, but how do you do gym after you've gone and done all that? Uh, do you know what? Sometimes, depending on how the day has gone, it's exactly what I'm in the mood for. Huh. For a, a number of reasons. I have occasionally come back and work's gone really, really well, and I've got energy to run forever. I. Or it's been a bad day, and the gym has a heavy bag downstairs. Ah. Uh. So... You know, you, you're going to manage. Mike's nodding, but that doesn't translate <laughs> into a microphone. And yeah, pretty much I come home, I do something on pretty much every single night. I have some commitment or other, whether it's gym, RPGs, uh, or poker night. You're whatever. a very social creature. I am, and I it comes to my... Up to poker night. You do. I, really I want do. your money. I don't want I to want give you any money. <laughs> I want your romance. It's... Since I've had a job, it's come to my attention how busy my evenings really are. I don't have any of them free. Which is quite amazing. And I'm going to lose Sunday nights now as well. But for the best of reasons. New tech show opening on Simply Syndicated. Yeah. Little plug there. Little plug? Sorry, hang on. I need to step out of the way so that you can fit the plug. (laughs) Uh, Pizza! Pizza! We will return after these messages. Hey there, Atomic Trivia War fans. This is Jason with a quick blast. What comic strip character is known as Carl Alfred in Sweden? An iron arm in Italy? If you guessed Popeye, you guessed correctly. What pungent herb does California farmer Chester Aaron grow 87 varieties of, including Creole Red, Spanish Roja, and Asian Tempest? It's not the marijuana, it is garlic. And who was caught stealing 42 times in 1982 to break Ty Cobb's single season record by four? That was Ricky Henderson. Tune in every week to the Atomic Trivia War, a new podcast on Simply Syndicated. Do you love Star Trek? How about a good scary movie? Do sexy warrior princesses haunt your dreams? 
then you'll love Starbase 66, the international Star Trek horror and fantasy podcast. Join Rick, Karen, and Kennedy each week as they discuss your favorite and not-so-favorite movies and TV shows, only on the simply syndicated 21st Century Media Network. Listen to Starbase 66, the international speculative fiction podcast, at simplysyndicated.com slash shows slash Starbase 66. Welcome back after that brief interruption. Peter. My name's Roger Moore, I was James Bond. Now did anyone else... I got too old, now you're in New York. Uh, did anyone else, like me, forget that we'd ordered pizza when we started recording? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Cool, not just me then. Anyway. Well, now I'm full. Probably edit out the singing. I might. Or. Or. We could. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, so, where do we get to? Where, where were we? Listener mail. No, we hadn't got there. We were talking about how I have a job. Oh, yeah. And how that has taken uh, time away from World 1 Stage 1 schedule. Great, it has. Listener mail. <laughs> <sighs> we do have listener mail. It's like a dog. When you come home with the shopping and it's got an idea in its head of what it wants. Hey, I've made us do this show. <laughs> yeah, and what do you want? You got your pizza. More to the point, we have audio comments. Oh, I love it, those. So, Troy, if you would. Let's cut to the clip. Hello, assorted co-hosts, of which I have no clue which ones will be there for this episode recording that this will be played out on. I thought I'd do a review of a game series that I think is fast becoming a classic, even though it does have its bugs. Uh, The Assassin's Creed series, it's a series I am absolutely loving. I picked it up at Christmas... Uh, all three games that are currently out, and have just fallen in love with it. Uh, I think it's the story, because the gameplay on the first one, it's innovative, and I think the movement system is better than the Arkham Asylum movement system, which I felt was a bit clunky, but nowhere near as good as the two sequels. But he gets a little repetitive at times, the actual gameplay, but... Yeah, the storyline, which is uh, a guy called Desmond is, well, kidnapped and made to relive his ancestors' memories. It's a bit of a dodgy premise. But goes back to the Middle Ages and relives the life of one of his ancestors, Altair, who's an assassin, as the title kind of gives away but the first game is really just an intro you don't even need to complete it because they do sum up everything that happened in it at the beginning of the second one where you play a character called Ezio Auditore de la Frenze who is one of the most lovable characters you'll come across in a game he discovers his father was an assassin and so was his uncle who takes him under his wing and pretty much trains him up as you're learning the new and improved movement system that is very fluid. And you go through and you unlock more weapons, unlock better armour, travel between Tuscany, Florence, Venice, and in the final sequence, 
you travel to Rome, which is pretty much where Brotherhood starts off. Well, it literally starts off the second the end of Assassin's Creed 2 finishes. It is a direct sequel in the most direct way. But there is one slight... Well, not a problem such as a... A change I don't know whether they needed to make, but I like that they have done so. They've added in multiplayer into Brotherhood. It's... I think it's pretty much based on... I think a game called The Ship, was it? Where you sort of get assigned a target after go round and kill the target while somebody else is trying to kill you. But it has its flaws. Uh... But I'm definitely looking forward to Assassin's Creed 3, which we're not quite sure where it's going to be set. They've been hinting at either Japan, Wild West or Soviet Russia. But I'll just leave it on, where's the Dragon Age episode? Dragon Age 2 is now here, we need a Dragon Age episode. It is great, it's it's Bioware, they can't go wrong. I'll leave it here guys. Hope to see you at the meetup. Bye. That was Andrew or Orofen talking about Assassin's Creed. I'm sorry, Andrew. I, you may have noticed I have edited you, but uh, 10 minutes is possibly running a little long for audio comments just as feedback to other people who are thinking of sending them in. We love them and we love listening to them, but uh, we only have so much show. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Not all of it's going to be played. As, as far as talking about us... Well, you know, there's there's a time limit. We only have so much show. Yeah. I think Dark Forces stands out as the example of the show <laughs> that which we waffled too much. Yeah, a little bit. Well, um, a lot of it, really, but yeah. We upset people. Uh, so really bad. I do too. So let's not waffle too much. No, let's, let's get right on with the point. Let us bring this on topic. Our topic this week being... Drum roll, please. Biddle, 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 bin. The Orange Box Special. And I said this earlier to Mike. Why is it a special? He, I don't know, because it came to name. I just thought, I just thought, you know what, Orange Box Special, there we go. World on stage one, Orange Box Special. Okay. He, he came because. in and he said, I've had an idea for a show. And I went, right, go. And he said, the Orange Box Special. And I thought aloud, could we climb up Valve's ass anymore? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> yes, because we've already done a Half-Life show. So, Ah, but Half-Life 2 is a different beast. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Absolutely. But we did kind of touch on it in the Half-Life show. I touched on it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to make it sexual, but it didn't work. But I think Orange Box is a good idea, namely because it contains within it not only Half-Life 2, which... I think probably not so much talking about that this week because not we've so talked much. about Half-Life as a franchise. Half-Life's cool. Woo! Yeah, Next and topic. For more, go and see our Half-Life episode. However, it does contain within it two games that individually probably not a show each. Although I could talk about them for an hour. I'm just, they are both small in their scope. But combined, one of the best packages you'll buy. Oh, yeah. Portal and Team Fortress 2, both of which people have specifically asked us to cover. Asked isn't the word. That's true. Often their firstborn has has come up. Has it? No. I'm just... No, you do that. 
Oh, I just offer my firstborn, don't I? Yeah, you already owe me like do your firstborn wanna, twice. We could do it. We could do a show for a firstborn, though, couldn't we? Or is that so, but no one's made that age. offer. I I accept firstborn oh, as barter is legal. It is legal trade in the UK. Oh, but barter for people. That's a different thing, right? <laughs> Maybe. It wasn't until last year. What, really? Yeah, no, slave- it was something like the 70s. No, sl- slavery was legal until 2010. No. I'm yeah, going to fact check that one. I'm going to fact check that one. Check it. I heard it off QI. If QI is wrong, then... Oh, well, QI is wrong, wrong. The world will be rent asunder <laughs> by the force of rage. I can't imagine a world in which Stephen Fry might have gone lol with the facts. When did slavery become illegal and I do in England? Stephen Fry, dearly. But that show is called Quite Interesting, Not Quite Factual. A lot of it is factual. A lot of it, yes. But a lot of it is more interesting because it's mostly made up. Like when I talk about my great knowledge of the planes. What type of planes? Yeah, like the Savannah. Right. Yeah. Or when I try and say film noir and Kipriath loses their shit. Okay, slavery was ruled illegal in England in 1772. And in 1807, slave trading was abolished. And the Royal Navy was tasked with suppressing it. Well, then QI lied. Even when carried out against non-British subjects. So, um, I think QI lied and was wrong. They're only out by a couple of hundred years. I'm just saying what I heard. I could say what I heard. I've heard some things and some stuff. Couldn't recommend it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Veering back onto topic. Your face is great. Onto topic. (laughs) Did you just say my face is great? Yeah, it is. I okay. Just, I thought I'd get that out there. What a wonderful thing to say on a, on a talk show, on an audio show. That's fine. People are going to have to believe me. My face is currently covered in hair is what it is. Yeah. I haven't had time to shave. Oh, no. Anyway, we're talking about the orange box, which, of course, you know, listeners will know, is a piece of hardware or sometimes software that emulates caller ID. What? It is. Oh, we're doing that thing where we, we like, just assume knowledge on the part of our uh, listeners no i was just for a joke he's doing that thing where he makes a joke that we don't understand i'm giving at our expense because you're three and i'm foreign i'm giving the technical definition of an orange box do you know what black box on an aircraft is orange yep so you can find it yeah don't go looking for a black box (laughs) that'll be really hard uh, no, it's, uh, in telecommunications, there are an awful lot of different types of box. There are blue boxes, black boxes, orange boxes. I would like to boxes. talk about video games. Okay. I'm going to shiv you. <laughs> in which case, do you know where the name orange box actually comes from? No. I do, and it's quite interesting. Okay. Speaking of quite interesting. Fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> I'm irrationally furious at that. <laughs> Everybody watch QI. In the first stages of level design... Valve tend to lay out the the shape of it uh, in primitive boxes uh, just to get the game flow down, whether there are any bottlenecks, whether there are any easily defended points, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so that they can rapidly change the architecture, uh, they don't bother texturing it at this point. That makes sense. All the walls are covered with um, a default test texture, which sort of shows marker points to show where the edges are and a grid so you can get a sense of the environment and it's all coloured orange. So everything is made out of orange boxes. 
Huh. That is quite interesting. So the orange box comes from a software term. Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. From an internal Valve software term. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So what is the orange box? The orange awesome box is what it is. It's arguably one of the best deals which ever happened. And unicorns. No, the orange <laughs> box was a packaged game. Uh, well, three games, actually. Wait, no, was it more than that? I seem to remember that Five. It was, wasn't it? Half-Life 2. Yep. Half-Life 2, Episode 1. Half-Life 2, Episode 2. Ah, no. It was three games and two expansions. Yeah. Yeah. Because Episode 2 didn't come on the orange box, if I Yeah, it did. Are you sure? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm just old. The orange box was the release of Episode 2. And it was the bundled... It was the kicker. It was... Yes, you are right. It was the promotional thing. So it's got all the Half-Life 2s, Portal, and TF2. On not on PlayStation. Yes, on PlayStation. It? It's on PlayStation 3, it's on Xbox 360, it's on Windows, and it's on Mac OS. But yeah, the on. important thing about Orange Box is when you picked up the Orange Box and you purchased it from your local retailer, it cost you about as much as one video game did. Yep. And you went, Jesus Christ, I just got Portal, or I just got TF2, or I just got Half-Life and all its expansions. And you went... Well, I've got these other games to play with. I might as well give it a try. Oh, my God! Well, that was the thing about Orange Box. It was three games that were worth the money. Oh, absolutely. But by themselves. Each one on their own would have been worth the money. I mean, Portal may be a little bit short in the single-player campaign. Yeah. But the challenge maps, oh, my God, I'm still playing them. It would have been... I mean, I got the Orange Box based on Portal. Yep. Because I already had Half-Life and Episode 1. Mm-hmm. So when I, looked at the, when I looked at the contents, it was like, oh, I'll give this TF2 thing a go, and mm. Portal, that's what I want. So it's kind of a very canny business decision in its own way. It was a good way to get Portal out the door as well. Yeah, especially since the three big games in it appeal on the surface to different gamers. Half-Life 2, very traditional shooter. Yeah. Uh, one of the best of its genre, but traditional shooter. Simple point-and-click interface. <laughs> Team Fortress 2, pure multiplayer class-based action. There's, there's no plot here, or there's surprising amounts of plot, actually. But nominally no plot here. Do you know the engineer's name? Ah, not off the top of my head. I know his grandfather's name. What's his name? His name's Del Conaher. That's it, it is. Uh, surprising amounts of plot. Yeah. <laughs> Even down to encountering an Apple store in the Midwestern deserts. <laughs> So what? <laughs> <laughs> like a hospital for fruit. Strongly uh, <laughs> recommend checking out the Valve blog. And port- <laughs> oh. It is not ergonomic. It barely digs holes. And, oh, it's on fire. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, could we be more fanboyish? We fucking love and this game. Portal. And, and Portal. And Portal. Which is a... On the face of it, puzzle it's gamer. a three-dimensional puzzle game with an incredibly sinister plot. Basically, anyone who remembers Shodan, because we, we're getting to the yeah. generation where you have to say, do you remember oh, Shodan? Yeah. You feel old, right? Uh, stop it. Hey, Mike, do you remember Shodan? No. Fuck off. Fuck you, buddy. I do not remember Shodan. I have a horse outside. <laughs> Is it amazing? Pretty sweet. <laughs> um... Oh yeah, by the way, I'm backing Actually, Imperial Commander for the Gold Cup. It's Cheltenham Race Week, we probably do have a horse outside. <laughs> but yeah. 
Wow, this is the show where we try to stay on topic, but the topic is hilarious for some reason. Yeah. Okay. So what um, order do you want to take the games in? Should we uh, get Half-Life 2 out of the way first? We'll do, we'll do a brief touch on Half-Life. I think if we then hit Portal, because Portal is okay, yeah. interesting, it's fascinating, but I don't think it's going to be the big chunky one. And then we're going to go put our accoutrements into TF2. Cool. Yes. Because TF2's become an interesting business model as well it as has, a, uh, to a point where I disagree with actually large amounts of what they're doing now. Yep. But still play it. That's a good way to get feedback. Yeah. But at any rate, let's start, let's let's touch Half Life in decently. Yeah, just <laughs> just to touch up Half Life. Half Life's a pretty cool guy. I'm hoping most of our listeners are already familiar with Half Life. If only because we've done an episode on it. Shall I summarize? Okay. Gordon Freeman is a scientist. He works on Black Mesa. One day, he brings the end of the world. Well, he brings aliens from beyond our dimension to end the world for us. They, naturally being quite miffed about being summoned, decide to kick off. Gordon Freeman saves the day. He's a physicist. He has a crowbar. And somehow manages to pick up weapons from the... And hipster glasses. Yeah. Manages to pick up weapons from the marines, which are sent to kill him and quash all knowledge of the Black Mesa incident, and turn them against them. Because he's a physicist, and he has a crowbar. He escapes Black Mesa. How he does this is by the intervention of a creature known as the G-Man, whose, well, involvement in the Half-Life universe is bizarre to say the least. He is, in a nutshell, Q. He seems to pull you out of trouble, <laughs> and then put you in trouble. You return to Half-Life 2, the main plot, on a train, because the G-Man put you there. And you wake up. And it's bad, all of a sudden, because Dr. Breen, one of your former colleagues from Black Mesa, is suddenly in charge of the world, which has been overtaken by new aliens called the Combine, and they want to stop us having sex. That's not entirely the plot, but that's pretty much it in a it's nutshell. It's one of the things that makes them evil. That was the part which really made me angry, is they wanted to stop <laughs> us no breeding. No sex. Breeding's really fun. And if not breeding, practicing. But at any rate, you then, Dr. Gordon Freeman, go tear arsing across the countryside, armed with your trusty crowbar, the same one you had in Black Mesa, given to you by one of your former colleagues, Barney, the security guard, who throws it at you, the dink. <laughs> <laughs> he trusts your ability to catch. You're a physicist. He's known you a while. Gordon Freeman can catch. He doesn't in that instance, but he can. Yeah. He chooses not to. Actually, if you stand directly under oh, Barney. I know you can catch it. There we go. Gordon Freeman, not a flid. Uh, and then you do some fighting and some aliens, and then the hug tower catches fire, expect for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I can't summarize Half-Life 2 with the same, like, casual alacrity as I can for the first one. But Half-Life 2, I really hope our listeners have played it. Yep. Go play it. A couple of things I do want to touch on on Half-Life 2 before we move on. I they are brief points, I will raise them, and we will move on. Alex Vance is one of the best NPC companion characters in video games because she is not incompetent in combat. Yep. She is not a damsel in distress nor a muscle-bound superheroine. Yep. yep. She is just a scientist's daughter in jeans and jacket. And she can't die and she has infinite ammo. Yeah, that helps. Uh, <laughs> and personality. And a giant robot dog called Dog. I love Dog. And Dog is also awesome. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up. He throws you. He does. In, in a minibus. He's pretty boss. <laughs> we can't get across that chasm. Dog, help. <laughs> that sequence is fucking sweet in first person view. No. Yes. That sequence actually gave me the fear. Exactly. I really wasn't expecting that when it happened. <laughs> it was glorious. So yeah, that's Half-Life 2. One of the best shooters, one of the best 
sci-fi epics in video gaming as well. Yeah. Go play. It's fun. And really good voice acting. Michelle Forbes is in it. Are <sighs> you as aware of your immense Michelle Forbes horn? I'm not sure if they're aware of the immensity, but I'm sure they're aware of its existence. Pretty big. Yeah. On a cloudy day, you'd probably be suffering, I mean, about 40% visibility loss. She was Ro Laren and Admiral Kane, and she was the leading global frequency. How She's... big is that horn, Mike? <laughs> uh, Look at my horn. My horn is amazing. Your horn is the horn that will pierce the heavens. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving on. Moving, Moving on from swiftly on to... to Portal. Which, speaking of good, strong female characters. Ah. I'm not talking about Chell. No, I know you're not. <laughs> and. Although Chell is interesting. Yep. But let's be fair the meat and veg of, of Portal and where a lot of its sort of cult status has come from yep. is GLaDOS. Yes. Good old GLaDOS. However, to introduce the game. Right. Portal is a puzzle game. It is set in the Aperture Science Research Facility. They are a company who began making shower curtains and evolved into making the handheld Aperture Science Portal device, which is a gun that fires holes in space and time. Often, when Actually, I'm getting mostly out of the shower, just space. I've wished I was another place. Yeah. So that seems like a logical progression to me. <laughs> uh, basically, it fires two linked holes in space, which become a singular point. In other words, you can travel from one to the other instantaneously. So if there is a large, impassable chasm in your path, put one on the wall next to you and fire one onto the wall on the other side of the chasm and step through. There is a door that only stays open for two seconds. Open fire it, a fire portal a portal through. through, and put one on your side and step through. And every single puzzle will be solved with this conceit. It is really simple. Or is it? Well... The concept is simple. Well, the concept is incredibly simple. The application of it, and occasionally the timing, can be incredibly complicated. Complicated or frustrating? It should be complicated. Eric yeah. Warpel recently went on record and saying, if you can figure out how to do a level, but spend 20, minute, uh, 20 minutes fighting the controls to make it happen, we've done something wrong. Huh. Interesting concept. And he said this came from them studying the research data uh, of how pe when people had quit playing Portal. Right. And it was always after one of two levels, which they thought were the most broken in it. Okay. Which is interesting stuff. So they're going to avoid that kind of frustration in Portal 2. That's pretty high-end crazy. I know, but Valve are pretty high-end crazy at times. Yeah, true. However, it has a lot of interesting things to commend itself, Portal does. Such as, it is a first-person game, but you get a look at your character in-game, and not with just putting a mirror somewhere. The very first thing you have to do is step through a portal to leave the room you're in, and looking through the portal, you can see through a window yourself about to step through the portal. Yeah. You see the room that you are standing in with the portal that you're about to step through shining through. It's <clears throat> mind-bending. It's a really good intro. It instantly opens you up to the concept of what the fuck a portal is. Yep. Brilliantly. And there you are, a rather ordinary-looking woman in an orange jumpsuit. With cool leg-bracy thingies. With cool leg-bracy thingies, but other than that, That's quite a... your feet. <laughs> quite a normal-looking person, which I really liked. Um, 
Have you read the wonderful feminist deconstruction of Portal? God, no. No. I don't know if this was for serious or for lulls, because I could genuinely interpret it either way, but it's fucking wonderful. To break it down, the first-person shooter genre right. is dominated by male characters in, a, in the phallocentric act of firing bullets to cause death. Because that's what we do all the oh, time. Oh, I think I see where this is going. Portal yep. is a woman firing who is openings. merely trying to leave. All she wants to do is leave peacefully. And she fires openings, channels, through which come peace and escape. But not death, but life. Unless you put your portal above the flaming pit of doom. <laughs> Unless you use your portal to throw rockets around a room as a thought. Yeah, uh, but it's a wonderful feminist deconstruction. It goes way further than I just have. But to break it down into its That's summary the, points... The, the nub, yeah. the, the essence of the deconstruction... That's the nub of portal, is it? Is that Chell is a woman who fires life and escape rather than a phallocentric male who fires nothing but death. It's It's interesting stuff, and... If it's for serious, the way it's written is slightly hyperbolic and ends up hurting the argument. But it is interesting. Yeah. If it's for lulls, it's one of the best parodies of hyperbolic academic writing I've ever read. So I recommend going and looking that up. But that is the fundamental of it. You're firing these portals to try and escape this facility that you've woken up in. You've no idea why you're there. You don't know who your character is. You don't know who you are. You don't know why you're there. You uh, don't know how long you've been there. And as you progress through it, it's shiny whiteness. It sort of scratches away at the surface a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you can see behind the scenes. You're Mm. almost rat in a maze. Yeah, pretty much. Shiny plastic walls, glass, uh, you know, fogged out glass windows through which you can see offices. It is really future tech science laboratory at first. It's also incredibly sinister. Oh, yeah. All the offices and everything, you never see another soul. Yeah, looking through the glass into the offices where they are observing you from, there is no one there. Ever. But there is always an observer. Mm hmm. There are always the cameras on the wall, unless you knock them down. But then she gets angry. Yes. And she. then we'll come to her. <laughs> <laughs> she. As the levels go on, you do eventually find your way behind the scenes. You can creep behind one of these big wall tiles. And you find yourself in a room of dirty, mold-streaked walls and iron pillars and metal gantries. Oh, God. The cake is a lie. No, no, no. Cake doesn't come up at that point. It's... Previous to you first meeting the wildly internet popular, you know, the companion cube. Not in something, not in wrath. An angel came today, Mm -hmm. descended into this dark place and took the cube away. And a little picture of a cube with a heart on it and little wings and a halo. Yeah, it's not as, you're not introduced straight away to the cake is a lie cake. Because, ah, thank you for that. There's also do not trust her. Is also scrawled in that. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Do not trust it. It's she is watching, or she is watching. Yeah, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, and clearly someone has been here before you. Oh yes. Clearly, this is not the bright, shiny place it appears to be. You're not here just for the sake of Aperture Science's dedication to research. <laughs> and all the way through, you are being spoken to in a 
clearly synthetic female voice who is offering you guidance and advice. Oh, advice, and- more information. Well, some of it advice. is advice. In short, don't speedy die. thing goes in, speedy, speedy thing, thing comes, comes out. out. She does offer you actual advice. Especially at the, the beginning. Tutorial levels. Yeah. It turns from advice to commentary as you go on. Then from commentary to criticism. Then from <laughs> criticism to goading. And then from goading to threatening. Then from threatening to pleading. Hmm. Which is a fascinating part of the game. It and is, because what is GLaDOS? And all the way through, you're not quite certain. You know that she is a synthetic voice. Is she an AI? Is she you know, a, uh, an overseer of the facility speaking through a filter of some description? However, you do, after you've found the, the dirty industrial back room areas, you also get to go through the offices, mm-hmm. which are abandoned and more disheveled. Seats knocked over, files all over the floor, computers broken. People left in a hurry. It certainly looks that way. This is some serious Marie Celeste shit. And there's still no one there. And by this point, it has become more than apparent that GLaDOS is a little bit broken. Yeah. Basically, if Cortana and Max Headroom had a baby... (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that baby wanted to kill you... (laughs) I like that comparison. (laughs) That's a good analogy. We like that. GLaDOS is one of my favorite villains in video games for many years. Mm -hmm. Because she is an antagonist. No doubt about it. It it took me some time to work out that she wasn't on my side. (laughs) Until the final moment where it becomes incredibly obvious that she is not all that seems... First time I played through, I had no idea. Wait, 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 wait. So the line... I thought, no, I thought things were odd, but I had no idea what was going on. It To me, it was a complete surprise. So the line where she says, at the conclusion of testing, you will be, and there's a complete change in tone, missed. and says, missed. Yeah. At it the was conclusion freaky of testing, you shit. will be missed. Yeah, freaky, why? Paranoia, that's what you need. Actually... Thinking about it, do you think there were some elements of games like Paranoia in the design? I wouldn't be surprised. Because it, it, Paranoia inducement? Yes. Yeah. Very good at creating that feeling. Uh, interesting fact. Um, I might want to fact check this, but I believe. Do you know the dialogue writer? What yeah. he was also responsible for? Really scaring people in the East. I don't know. Psychonauts. Really? Same writer, I'm 90% certain. It seems like the sort of thing we should look up before we say. No, uh, no, no, no. I'll say it, then I'll look things. it up. And then I'll go, oh no, I'm wrong, it was someone else. Um, no, I'm almost entirely... I do know that it was taken from an independent game called Narbacular Drop. Portal's much catchier. It is, but Narbacular Drop was pretty much the same concept in terms of the puzzle it didn't have the creepiness it didn't have the character and the personality it just had the puzzle i think a lot of what makes portal work is the creepiness because it becomes less puzzle game and you start to feel as it progresses rat in a maze 
Yep. That's but, where the difference is. But the puzzle is a huge element. I can separate all of my friends into two groups, those that can play Portal and those that just can't. <laughs> you got friends that can't play Portal? I have many friends that cannot get the concept at all. But but it's a pretty simple concept. That's why I'm so shocked at them. It's it's fourth dimensional thinking. Yeah, no, they but don't get it. This is the genius. They don't even of- understand the Higgs boson. <laughs> this is the genius of Valve. <laughs> They saw Narbacula dropped, small independent company making a small independent game that was incredibly clever. And they hired the guys. This is what they do. Oh, yeah. And they teamed them up with Eric Wolpar, writer of Psychonauts. I was right. It's yep. the same guy. Okay. And sat them down and said, you guys have this technology that's amazing. And this puzzle system that's amazing. You write something you're freaking crazy. Yep. Put and Eric together. came up with this psycho, scary, creepy storyline mm. that uh, goes so well with the puzzle. Because it feels high-end future. Yeah. But then it becomes... Grungy, industrial... Yeah. Yeah. And, and you realise it is all on the surface. And you're getting behind the scenes. And that's exactly what you do there is a twist we are not going to spoil i don't think no not really it's, it's kind of like when we threatened we were going to spoil mass effect when we yeah. first did and they went actually no we can we can talk about this for a while without spoiling what i will say is at one point you do go entirely behind the scenes and that's great well <laughs> terrifying well yeah. terrifying but from a storytelling point of view it's incredible really well done and incidentally, it's uh, what Valve are doing again for Portal 2 is they saw a wonderful independent game, uh, I think called The Power of Paint, or Straplined The Power of Paint. I remember you showing me that. Yeah, yeah. which was um, a physics-based game where you have a paint gun that sprays different types of paint on surfaces that changes their physical properties. Reduces friction, makes it more rebounding. Oh, they're adding more to Portal? Yep. My brain! So you can use a portal to redirect the flow of a liquid to spray it onto a surface to make it frictionless so that you can then use a portal to generate momentum so you hit this surface and slide along it at a billion miles an hour to get through the clampy chompers. I'm gonna be sick. It looks amazing. I know, but I only just made my way through portal. I'm pretty thick at the <laughs> core of it. So that was that was the opus of my of my achievement with that game. I One do, thing I could do all of Portal in twenty minutes now. It is it's quite a quick game. Yeah. Once you get down to it. First time I did it, I think I did it in under an hour. Uh first time it was first time I played it, I think it was about three hours. Because mm. I didn't I didn't play it all in one go. Yeah. Split it up. It took about total three hours mm. for the first time, and it was the most enjoyable three hours I've ever had. One thing I will say that is slightly spoilery, but too fascinating to ignore was right. another feminist observation on Portal that was less lulzy. Oh, when you discover GLaDOS. Yep. Uh, described her, and I went back and looked and went, holy shit, yes. As a female form bound by the ankles and hogtied. Now that's... You if you've played it. Portal, yeah. it's quite clear it won't come disguised. to mind immediately. But if you go back and look and think that's in, no, hold I, that in your mind. I played it yesterday, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was coming up with this. It is really fascinating. And this is why I love GLaDOS as an antagonist. Rather than a villain, necessarily. Mm. Because 
she may well ultimately be guiding you to her and goading you on for a reason. Not to your detriment, but to hers. I'm stuck. Oh, shit. Everybody's <laughs> left. Maybe. It's fascinating. I really like that. As She is a character with... Because she is an AI, yeah. she has no personal agency. She can't directly do anything to her world. You are the, the avatar of personal agency. All you can do is do things in the world. You don't understand it. You don't know anything about it. It's not your world, but you can act. Hmm. So between the two of you, you, you don't come to an understanding because you don't understand it. But She doesn't need you to. She just needs you to do it. Your understanding is not required. Your obedience is. Yeah. Well, that's incredibly... That, that makes the final level make a lot more sense. Doesn't it just? It really does. So sit back, relax, while I warm up the neurotoxin. <laughs> ah. And the last thing to say about Portal, I think, is that there is evidence in Episode 2 that Aperture Science exists in the same universe as Half-Life 2. Oh, there was evidence of that in Half-Life. Uh, Dr. Kleiner specifically mentions a, uh, a vessel up in the Arctic Circle, I believe off the top of my head. Speci- it's an icebreaker, yes. Yeah, uh, owned yeah, that's by the end, Science. The end of episode two is yep. that. You yeah. visit the ship. Well, oh, you actually visit the ship? Really? Well, no, sorry, you don't. Um, Mossman S- does. Mossman, yeah. And you get reports back. Yeah. So, yeah... Aperture Science being in the same universe as Black Mesa, and thus the Half-Life storyline. And there is evidence within Portal of this as well. Yep. There is a... You find an office with a projector left on, still showing a presentation uh, that details the funding received by Black Mesa and the funding received by Aperture Science and the disparity between the two. Then you think to yourself, well, if I'm here... What's Gordon doing in the current timeline? <laughs> See, and that's another thing as well. First time around, I play, first time I played it, didn't get that at all because <laughs> I hadn't played Half Life. Then I played Half Life, and then you went, "Oh!" Then I went, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense." Ooh, yeah. And I'm wondering if in episode three we'll hear. Don't say episode three. If we keep saying <laughs> it, they won't make it. I'll reset the clock. <laughs> we'll hear a certain tiny, cute voice. Where did you go? Uh, Are you still there? I don't know. I, I really want to hear there? one of the original like Half-Life sound files <laughs> in like Portal 2. Yeah. Oh, hello there, Gordon Freeman. <laughs> ah! No. <laughs> but yes, because that's something else we haven't mentioned. One, There's no person you encounter in Portal, but you do encounter automated sentry guns. They're so cute. Which are adorable! If only they didn't kill you. I hated them because they shot at me. Their squeaky, cute, happy little voices didn't... Yeah, exactly. Didn't matter to me in the least. Are you still there? It was like being murdered by a four-year-old. I don't think that's cool. Well, again, their writing is so subtle because most of it is just... Weird things said in a cutesy voice, like, dispensing product, and then they shoot you. Yeah. But they creeped me the fuck out the first time I knocked one over, and it just went, I don't blame you. Yeah. And then I I, I just stopped. Uh-huh. I was like, the fuck did it just say? 
What? Oh, God. And I was so creeped out. Android Hell is a place where you will be sent <laughs> if you disobey. <laughs> it is a real place. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, and the weighted companion cube we haven't even touched on. Fucking the companion Who's, cube. Who is your uh, your sidekick at one point? At, at one point, but... Uh, your best friend, the love of your life. Do not listen to him. Any advice given to you by the companion cube should be disregarded. Companion cube will never try and stab you in the face. The companion cube is incapable of speech. The companion cube is a weighted storage cube with a heart paint, well, a heart painted on each side. So you know it's your companion. It loves you. It loves you, and you love it, because it helps you. Without it, you could not progress. You would actually not be able to get through this level without the tireless, ceaseless, and indefatigable assistance. And uncomplaining. Oh, yes. Because he's incapable of speech. It is, it, is the, it is the R2 to your C-3PO. Absolutely. Without it, you would be doomed. It is incapable of speech, and you should disregard anything it says. Yep. Yeah. In the event it speaks to <laughs> I you, love please, that. please contact customer services. So there you go. Portal is one of the cleverest, one of the trickiest, one of the smartest, one of the creepiest games yeah. I've played in years. And quite short. Play Portal in the dark with your headphones on. And the thing about Portal, it was exactly the length it needed to be. Any longer would have ruined it. And any shorter would have been completely unsatisfying. But they got it exactly right, and they put all the replayability into challenge maps. Maps that exist outside of the plot and the storyline. But make it harder in some way. In many ways, yes. They just challenge you to understand the world they've created and solve the problems. Which is a really, really enjoyable intellectual puzzle, if that's what you're into. And completely completely ignorable if you're not i tried a couple of the challenge maps i cried <laughs> yeah i think i only did the first two or three and complete then I just this level with up. only taking 12 steps so Which i one? i have two fears for portal 2 basically yeah one they're gonna make it too long they're gonna pad it out and make it a, a full length experience and Which to the detriment the of, of it. its uh, plot yeah but and two that Stephen marchant's gonna ruin it for me Mm, he might do. Yeah. Because the guy they had doing the voice in the original E3 trailer was fine. And the thing about that guy was he wasn't recognisable. Yeah. But now it's going to be Portal 2 starring Stephen Marchand. And that's a I'm problem just for me. To be fair, they had... Um, oh, what's his face? Frontman for Mr. Bungle. Patton. Mike Patton. Was the voice of the Angersphere. Yes, but that wasn't a role that continued throughout the entire game. No. That was a 30, nor, 30 seconds to one minute, depending on how long it Nor was it, it any you. words. Yeah, but it's still kind of cool. Yeah. However, Stephen Marchant is going to be a chatty bitch for the whole of Portal 2, you can just tell. Uh, I'm going to hate him for the same reason I hated Cortana, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be one of those games that could really make it, or it could ruin it. What, what I want is for pretty much immediately after launch, someone to re-record all of Marchant's dialogue and put a voice pack out of an unknown doing the voice. I'll do it. It'll still be... No, because you're not unknown to me. I know who you are. Dude, no, play <laughs> Portal 2 with me. <laughs> hey, Make up your own lines. <laughs> but I, I just want that. I don't want to go, that's Stephen Marchant talking at me again. I want to go, that's whatever his name is. I've forgotten the name of the little drone thing. 
I do. I had I had the same problem with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood when they made the people look exactly like the voice actors, <laughs> and I knew who they were. Yeah, it bothered me so much. I gave up on the plot because I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, it's like when Patrick Stewart was in Oblivion. No, that's a different thing because that's Patrick Stewart. He's fucking boss, Patrick and also Stewart he dies boss. off really quickly. He's but allowed to be whatever he wants. You want. don't think to yourself, "Oh, it's the Emperor." You think to yourself, "Oh, it's Patrick Stewart." That's a different thing to me because he's playing a role and it's an actor playing a role. This is just a, a drone companion chattering at you. But you didn't think about Liam Neeson in Fallout 3? Yeah, I did. I, I went, holy shit, Liam Neeson's my dad. <laughs> That's pretty much what I've always wanted to hear. The biggest dick in Hollywood. I didn't notice it. Why is he a big dick? Because he has a huge penis. Really? Yeah. Like enormous, independently verified by multiple sources. Wow. Nice. Don't be so pleased about that. Why is it every time I say Liam Neeson, biggest dick in Hollywood, everyone assumes I mean he's an asshole? Because that's when I say, hey, you're a big <laughs> dick. I don't mean you're incredibly well endowed. I mean, get the fuck off me. <laughs> wow, this is a long episode. Cool. We haven't even touched on Team Fortress 2 yet. Turns out we totally could have done a Portal episode. Oh, well. Yay. <laughs> so Team Fortress 2. is epic. Right. Prepare for voices. No. No. <laughs> you will. By the end of the episode, you won't be able to resist. Oh, no, stop looking at me. Mike is giving me a face. <laughs> and he's making direction. I do that. I do hands. that. Director hands. There we go. Right. From my director chair, I'm giving you director hands. To introduce this game. Right. Back in the day of Quake. Like original Quake. Quake. Not Quake 2. We're talking... When 486 was a lot of RAM. We're talking when polygons Wait. in a 3D game was new, and 486, 486 was, was never... never RAM. No. Sorry, I'm... I can't get Quake 2 to install on my Steam. Put it this way, this is how old Quake is. I remember being super, super excited that I had a 486DX133 to play Quake on. Man. By the way, 133 megahertz. I had a Pentium 75 when Quake came out. Then... No, you didn't. Pentiums weren't out. That's right. No, wait, not when it came out. When I first played Quake, I had a Pentium 75. There we go. Because I was behind the curve. Yes. I had it when it... Well, I remember playing Quake Test. I had a Core The little three-map uh, multiplayer test that they put out on a DX133. DX4133, which is an old kind of 486 computer. If that means anything to any of our listeners, because you're all really young, apparently. Because dual-core Intel Pentium processor, Blair... Well, one of your, one of your cores on a dual-core machine now yep. is almost certainly 100 times faster than my whole computer was when Quake came out. And you've got two of them in a dual-core. Four of them in a quad-core. I want a quad-core. It's just scary how, how long ago this was in computing terms. Anyway... Yep. I first played it on an i3, so it ran fine. <laughs> Shut your fucking face. Um, I first actually first played it on an iPhone. Oh, fair enough. You first played Quake on an iPhone? It's got a faster processor than the computer I yep. first played I Quake don't on. Care. <laughs> Quake on more an iPhone. RAM. Shut up. It's got better hardware specs than the computer I first played. Better resolution as well. That's the scary thing. Yep. Or was it an iPhone 4? No. Ah, uh, uh, not a better resolution then. iPhone 3GS. But it. Ran it at a better resolution. Oh, God. Still scary. Anyway, there was a mod for Quake called Team Fortress. Dun-dun. And the idea was, 
team-based, class-based gameplay. This was kind of a new thing at the time. It wasn't brand new, but it was kind of new. So you had the sniper who had a sniper rifle. I mean, back in the original Team Fortress, everyone had grenades and interesting secondary weapons as well. The classes have been refined more since, but snipers had sniper rifles. Heavy weapons guys had chain guns. Pyros had flamethrowers. Scouts ran really fast. Scouts ran really fast, but had very very low-powered weapons. And you you had a role within your team, which was kind of cool. It required a little bit of team play, maybe tactics, maybe strategy. Maybe not. (laughs) Not when you were playing a heavy. And (sighs) typically, maps would consist of two facing, symmetrically opposite bases. Or fortresses. You had a team and a fortress. Team fortress. I can't imagine how that would have come about. And it's it was so revolutionary. <laughs> and it was often an objective-based game. Uh, capture the intelligence as it is now, or capture the flag as it was yeah. then. Uh, for example, or capture a control point. It was revolutionary. And really fun. And then when uh, Valve put out Half-Life... How did they get the rights to Team Fortress? I can't remember who they bought it from, but they owned the rights to Team Fortress. Yeah. And they put out a little thing called Team Fortress Classic, which was the original Team Fortress, but with some Half-Life-based graphics. Yeah, it was pretty much exactly the same game. It was, because it looked nice Half-Life was in the Quake engine, which is why Deathmatch Classic is the original Quake Deathmatch maps in Half-Life engine. Yeah. And Team Fortress Classic is the original Team Fortress maps. In the Half-Life engine. And they announced Team Fortress 2. <laughs> which, is, which is such... Okay. <sighs> Prepare your TARDIS. This is some serious timeline fuckery you're about to encounter. Well, no, it's all pretty linear. No, no, no. But they announced Team Fortress 2, which was going to be a realistic military simulator where, again, you operated in these very defined roles in realistic military squads in in desert scenarios even then that was the popular thing you know where you would um find emplacements and the the soldier with the rocket launcher had to carefully consider what was behind him because his uh, shoulder mounted rocket launcher had back blast and and everyone was running around in desert camo and looking very very serious and dour and it looked really fucking cool because you have to bear in mind This was before the days of Call of Duty, Medal of Honor, Rainbow Six, and all of that lot. Making that game all to the punch. Yeah, it it was. It was there. They were maybe rising up. They were probably still in their World War Two phases. What year did it? Did they announce TF Two? Good question. But ninety nine, two thousand at the latest. Oh, cool, correct. Because nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, no, yeah. that was long before anything came Soldier out of, of World War II. Was really the big things, wasn't it? Mm. That was that was coming out. I remember yeah. that. That was the big. We're not getting World War Two games anymore. We're getting modern infantry simulators, as the parlance was. Yeah. So this was exciting, and people hungrily awaited more news, and they kept waiting. Yeah. They, they <laughs> hungrily awaited more news for about five or six fucking years, and then they died. <laughs> and um, then I'm their not, children. I'm not quite dead yet. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mean you specifically. You you hungered for other things and were given them. But yeah, it was 
literally six years until we heard more about this game. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, having observed recently Duke Nukem Forever's development and back in the day Daikatana's, that's long enough for the jokes to start that this game <laughs> never going to happen. Man, Daikatana. Yeah. Somebody actually seriously asked me about the new Duke Nukem game. What about day. it? Just no. Asked you what about it? What I thought about it. All right. Like, in all seriousness, they weren't joking. Well, in all seriousness, I'm potentially looking forward to it in a big way. I'm not. Right. I'm kind of seeing it as, oh, what's that movie? It's not the movie I'm thinking of, but I'll use it as a decent example. Machete. Right. Is, it's not been designed as a intellectual <laughs> film. It's not been designed as clever or original. It's been designed as, this is a film coming from a genre that has a certain shtick. Yep. We are going to play that shtick We're to the going to fucking beat you to death with the shtick. <laughs> and what you get is not a smart film, not a clever film, not a worthy film. No, no, no. It is a clever film. Well, it film. is a clever film, but it's a fun film. It's dumb fun. It is dumb fun. And Duke is doing that for shooters of... Five years ago. Dude, ten years ago. Ten years ago. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. It was actually in development long before that. What if I could safely, entirely guarantee you that this person never played the original Duke Nukem? Well, Well, that's fine. Did you ever play the original Duke Nukem? Yes. No, no. The 2D side-scroller. I'm going to defeat you and then go home to watch Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Did you play the side-scroller? Didn't play the side scroller. Well, there you go. Yeah, you never no. played the original Duke Nukem or Duke Nukem Two. Oh man, Duke Nukem played 2. Duke Nukem Three D. Yeah, Duke Nukem Three D. It was actually the third one as well. I know. Uh, but anyway, I'm kind of looking forward to it as a sort of nostal a pastiche of my nostalgia. Hmm. That aspect of it sounds really fun. I admit there's stuff in there that's hugely questionable morally. <laughs> You, Which, no, the listeners can't see my eyebrow raising. Yeah. <laughs> it disappeared under his hairline. It was quite impressive. I don't um, have any hair. That's why it's really impressive. But I, I, I trust... I, I don't trust. I suspect they might have managed to put that stuff in as pastiche, as parody. Uh-huh. I reserve judgment. I will judge it after I've played it. If I'm wrong, I will quite happily come on here and say, I was so wrong, that game is a pile of shit. As I will, in fact, now retract my statement that um, Urofen, uh, who we had the voice comment for earlier, uh, called me on my bullshit because he went into our archives, our pre-simply syndicated archives. Oh, yes. And cited my own quotation of saying that the iPhone was uh, an overhyped gimmick that would not do well. Hoisted by your Hoisted by my <laughs> I have yeah. recently taken a job developing apps. Uh, <laughs> for your piece of shit overhype. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I am um, more than happy to come back and say, hey, look, I was wrong. Hey, There's we, a surprise. We admit. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things we do well is to kind of hold up our hands to go, actually, new evidence has come to light. Yep. I like Gearbox. I like Duke as a franchise. I hold out some hope. But in a funny sort of way, that is still relevant to TF2. Yeah. Because in its own way, people were so geared up for what was going to come. This, Fuck yeah. This insanely detailed action sequence which was going to be you know all about teamwork all about cooperation which it still is yeah it certainly Mm -hmm. is but it lost that seriousness it lost 
any seriousness or any pretense of being real world. As soon as the heavy came on screen, looking like Mr. Incredible's Russian cousin, <laughs> I think we were on to a winner. Yeah, because the next thing we saw was this cartoony bullshit. I, I speak as I remember my reaction. At the time. Mm-hmm. Cartoony bullshit. They really dropped the ball. They fucked this one up. What are they thinking? Oh, yeah. And I sat there and I harumphed. Like I said, I will always freely admit when I am wrong. I sat there, I harumphed. I said, Valve have lost the fucking plot. This looks terrible. I'm never even going to bother playing this one. Oh, oh but it wasn't just will. looks, though. They took away your grenades. There were no grenades. They'd uh, gutted, gutted the classes. Now you had one primary, one secondary, and a, a melee weapon. What the fuck is that shit? And they look cartoony bullshit, and they're in this ridiculously, not quite cel-shaded, but it looks like it should be world. And I, I harumphed, and I stamped my little foot, and I went, where is the game I wanted? And it came out, and my friends started playing it and having all this fun, and I scorned and derided them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, and then I tried it. And Can I splice in a clip of the heavy laughing there? Because that is how I picture you first playing TF2. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. It was it was a, a dawning revelation. Because at first I was like, I come from an old school of Quake, is, yeah. what, is where I started with really enjoying 3, or Doom. So Twitch gaming. I, mean, I was a railgun whore in um, Quake 2. Bitch. So speed, twitch, reaction time was how I played shooters. Yeah. And Team Fortress 2, even the scout, by those standards, is he's got a moderate clip to him, but he's not fast. And everyone else is slow. Oh, yeah. Really slow. And the reload times are so fucking long. And the respawn times were incredibly long. And I thought, this is a slow game. My God, how can anyone stand this pace? Admittedly, it was still faster than Counter-Strike, where you had to sit out the entire round. I've died. I have four minutes and 40 <laughs> seconds to jerk off, I guess. And, yeah, my favourite thing about Counter-Strike was sitting there and watching the one guy left on your team, who was AFK, stood at the spawn, and yep. the one guy on the other team, who was hiding, camping, waiting for him. I was like, oh. Thriller! <laughs> team Fortress 2 doesn't have that problem. True story. And I started to to realise for myself many of the things that Valve have spoken about uh, as a design, a design decisions in what is now the style of uh, Team Fortress 2, which is the, the graphical style of red buildings being wooden and ramshackle and old country. Yeah. Sorry, those, those are the buildings belonging to Reliable Excavation and Demolition, or Red. Red. Uh, and the blue buildings United. being concrete and steel and shiny glass. Like a Bond villain's lair. Means that you look around you and you know which way to go in the level. <laughs> Immediately you, yep. you can identify where you are. Which, considering the bases are largely symmetrical, so the design is the same, that helps. Yep. The fact that each class is utterly different in shape... In, in silhouette, I think, is oh, the key so, thing yeah. here. It's like friggin', um, what is it, Jane's aircraft. <laughs> you hold those things up and you go, that's an ME-109, yeah. that's an engineer. The way they were doing it, the ultra-real thing, 
Well, the whole point about realistic combat is you don't want to be identified. So we wear camouflage that, well, I say we, like, like I'm actually part of the armed forces. Um, modern combatants wear camouflage designed to disrupt the shape of the body. And they wear uniforms, which, unlike Star Trek Online, confer the meaning uniform. Clues All the, the same. <laughs> so it's impossible to tell at a glance who is who, apart from, you know, you have patches and stripes and small details that up close mean a lot to the people in the army but from a distance the enemy on the other side of that mountain don't know fuck all they're still aiming for your head yeah whereas in a Unless video you're a game reporter and you're blue yeah <laughs> i'd shoot the blue one <laughs> he seems important that's because you play on team red clearly uh <laughs> shoot the blue one uh, whereas in Team Fortress 2, it's really, really critical to identify your targets. Shoot the doctor first. Shoot the doctor for the love for of the God. Love of God. <laughs> this fucker here. Uh, so they've got these incredibly recognisable silhouettes, whether it is the, the heavy's bulk or the scout's 10 pounds wet, yeah. lithe <laughs> motherfucker springing around your head. Uh, you know exactly who's coming for you. Yeah. Under any lighting condition. And they under are some a, great designs. They really are. They are so... They've got so much personality that coupled with their voice acting... And oh my god, voice acting in a game like this... Gentlemen. I never really was on your side. Lay your weapons down and walk away. I'm gonna gut you <laughs> like a Cornish game hen. See? See? I started him off. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you know I like the spy. Shut your face. Oh, spy players are I don't play as the spy. I'm terrible playing as the spy. It's my worst class. By a long shot. Oh, yeah. Yep. But Can't as a character, I fucking love him. Yeah. That would be brilliant. your mother. <laughs> yeah, as a character, I love him. What are you, president of his fan club? Yes. That's, that's another thing. This is very much a PC game. On. Oh, yeah. I got it on the Xbox because of... Has it been updated ever on the Xbox? Nope. Nope. Because of him oh. over there. Because he had it on the Xbox, so I got it on the Xbox. And... It was it, fun. It was fun. It the was game, great. The game, as it came out and as it exists on the Xbox, is a good game. But it's got none of the depth that the PC version has. Because this is the thing about Valve and Team Fortress 2. Team Fortress 2 has been updated on a weekly or monthly basis since it came out. Oh, yeah. It it is unrecognizable today, but yeah, it's over time. The characters are fully voice acted, and they have this incredibly intelligent and it is a heuristic AI that determines what kind of thing they say at what point, whether it's in reaction to what's happening in the game, so whether it's encouragement to take a capture point, or whether it's encouragement to push the cart. Or whether it's encouragement to react with a voice clip from one of these characters. I'm all waiting for you, actually. I know. <laughs> Must push little cars! There we go. Uh, or indeed, whether it's your interactions with other players. And this is where it gets really compelling. Thanks for standing still, wanker. Because there's a, a domination system. Here. Oh, God. I'm more thinking of the domination system. Yes. If they you are brutal. Kill a player three times unopposed, I think yep. it is, you score a domination against them, which results in custom sound clips. Each class has a number of domination quotes for each other class. Oh, yeah. And the characters hate each other. <laughs> and it comes across. It's wonderful. 
And I do know a lot of the sniper ones because I play a sniper a lot, and he's by far <laughs> my best he's scoring class. He's bleeding gravy! If you look at my stats, it's kind of um, an exponential growth Telling. towards the end of the chart. It's nothing, nothing, nothing. Doctor's quite good. Engineer's really good. Demo Man's good. And then Sniper is off the scale. <laughs> so, yeah, you're making this too easy. I'm actually getting worse. Um, I'll tell you that, <laughs> in my ever so humble opinion, Demo Man and, Sn- and Spy, as classes, as support classes for the rest of your team, are probably the two hardest to play. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty good at demo man. I'm shit at spy. Oh, I, I give me engineer. But that's because yeah. I don't stand near my gear. Oh, it depends on the map and depends on what I'm doing. If I'm playing a purely defensive map, I probably will be found right by my gear with a dispenser behind me, healing me and fueling me with metal and my sentry gun in front of me providing some immediate cover. Crouched down. Uh, just ever wailing see on you it. running at yourself. You I shoot kill yourself. me. Um, because <laughs> I hate that fuck. <laughs> that me, damn me. That is the benefit of being the only engineer on the team. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> never happens to me. I'm never the only engineer on the team. No, it is quite a popular class. Um, but yeah, the the characters are so in depth, and it comes across even in this tiny bit of dialogue. I would argue. Each individual character in Team Fortress 2, and bear in mind, these are multiplayer classes who get no, in the game, they get no cinematics, no no exposition, uh, no monologuing, just Mm one-liners. They are more fully realized characters than, say, Isaac in Dead Space. Yeah. Who has a whole game to express himself. Bye. Stomping on people's chests. Yeah, each no, one that's of only them. The second one. Even the announcer in Team Fortress Two is a more fully realised character. You just—I mean, the announcer in my head—and this is just to kind of go with how they've, how well voice acted and characterised they are. I always see the announcer in my head as this vicious old harridan, some fifty-something-year-old <laughs> woman that looks like Montgomery Burns' long-lost <laughs> sister. You know, sort of. Stooped with one crooked arm, elbow up on a table, three cigarettes between her hands. <laughs> you know, that ho- horrible yellow stripe of nicotine in her hair, just rasping over time into the microphone. And thanks to the comics that we've had as background material, that's fairly accurate. Is it? Yeah. I've seen the one, the the engineer's one. Mm. She's got that more sort of... A big hair. Yeah, big scary lady hair. Mm, like like the, Mom from Futurama yes. hair. Yes. Oh, oh, God, that's Mom. not a good comparison to the announcer. <laughs> because Valve have also surrounded this universe with comics and blog posts. And when they do an update, they do multiple pages of sometimes in-universe advertising. Saxton Hale and Manco. Fucking love Saxton Hale. <laughs> Saxton Hale is the businessman and bear murderer. <laughs> In charge of Manco, producers of unsafe weaponry for mercenaries everywhere. Manco are also at the forefront of mustache-based sciences. They are indeed, and they have a right-away course on learning gerate <laughs> and <laughs> drunken cry fighting <laughs> and, and sober apology making. <laughs> Which is, I, I refuse to believe any Australian could teach you sober apology making. 
It's like Vimes. There's levels of drunk. <laughs> it's, uh, it is the big difference. It's you have to get this game on the PC. Yeah, yeah. On the Xbox, on the PS3, this level of content is just not there. I did. Absolutely. I knew nothing about it until I got it on PC. It's easier almost to to buy into the universe, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's I care more about the universe than actually playing. To be fair, because I play other games, and but I still enjoy it. Yeah. The other thing they did to enhance the universe was the Meet the Videos. Oh, some of the <sighs> best videos on YouTube. Boom, headshot. Not crazy, gunman dad. Not mum. It could what? be any one of us. <laughs> could be you. I solve practical problems. You use a gun. When that don't work, you use more gun. Uh, <laughs> Brother, I kill people. <laughs> Kind of a big deal. <laughs> Our voices are terrible right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it doesn't what matter. What are we going to do uh, about it? But yeah, the meet the videos are uh, little one, two minute videos on YouTube introducing some of them are longer. Meet the Spy is a five minute well, fucking this is Bond thing. film. That's they started epic. as nothing. Because do you know where they came from? Mm-hmm. Go but on, you then. tell the story. Oh, they were um, leftover lines from audition tapes, weren't yep. they? where the voice actors came in and gave an impression of the character that they saw in their heads as a result of the uh, the early animatics and went, this is what the heavy sounds like in my head. Here's a little monologue. And eventually these became, you know, demo tapes and then unused dialogue from the games. And Valve started supplanting these with recorded dialogue from afterwards. It's going, well, this kind of works, but we need a, a branching line here. And then Meet the Spy happened, <laughs> which was pretty much no original dialogue. Because the Meet the Videos were so incredibly popular. Oh, they were crazy They good. started scripting them. And I think it really started with Meet the Sniper. Yeah. Yeah. Which meet became... Meet the Engineer and Meet the... Meet the Soldier was... Meet the Soldier was... A weird one, because you can imagine it being a demo reel, yeah. but the voice is very refined. Yeah. So like if you watch Meet the Heavy, you mm. can tell the difference in the in the voice. Yes. Penis yes. cupcake. <laughs> I am penis cupcake. And Meet the Scout is I there's not a lot of plot there. Yeah. There, there's just an expression the of the character. Him telling you who the scout is. But then Sniper has a, a little bit of a story to the movie. Death. It's I'm not crazed gunman. Put mum on the phone. <laughs> I think his mate saw me. <laughs> Be polite. Oh, the difference is one is a job and the other's mental sickness. Uh, <laughs> think his friends have saw a me. plan yeah, to kill everyone you meet. Ah, oh, fuck you. Yes, uh, yes, he did. <laughs> I think his mate saw me. Uh, <laughs> we're doing this so wrong. <laughs> we are. It's wonderful. Um, but it really expressed the character, and oh my god, people went wild. So, meet the sandwich. <laughs> my blood! He punched <laughs> out all of my blood! Jinx. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I love the sandwich. You call that breaking my spine? You red ladies want to know how to break a spine? <laughs> oh, my spine! Uh, the sandwich has its own character. Yep. Well, it has its own meet the video. And it's not sandwich, you're saying sandwich. it wrong. Sandwich. There we go. There we go. As oh, touched to- Sasha. <laughs> when it came to Meet the Spy, they scripted, as you say, a Bond film. 
some of those action sequences, like where he kicks in the door and plugs the it's engineer nice. in the when head. When he takes out the medic, catches the glasses on the way down as he's disguising as medic and puts them on. <laughs> it's just so classy. And as if I didn't like Spy already. Ah, oh, he's such a knob. Exactly. You know me. Yeah. That, that would appeal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there are still a couple remaining. Pyro and Medic, I think, yep. are the last two. Uh, so, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Pyro will be last. <laughs> because of the gender ambiguity. I think Pyro will be a girl, mostly to buck that popular theory. Mm. But they've already put it into the uh, interface of the game. Uh, when you log in on the PC, mm-hmm. there's a little box up in the top that gives you sort of tip of the day stuff. And if you don't play often as a class, it'll be like, Medic, why don't you give him a go? Now, half the time Pyro appears in the box, it says, Pyro, why don't you give him a go? Half the time it appears as, Pyro, why don't you give her a go? Sorry, <laughs> saw my, oh, really? Face. Mm-hmm. There's also a purse in his or her locker. Spy check. Huh. And since they introduced the uh, running away animations... And the dance taunts. And the dance taunts. Uh, he has become a lot uh, more expressive. It. He or she. It has become I don't think more it. Expensive. He or she yeah, in this he instance. He or she is definitely a he or a she. <laughs> but I can't picture a he in a full asbestos bodysuit doing all the single ladies by Beyonce. <laughs> she and that's in an where you're bodysuit. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I must, John Barrowman's not the pie Wait a minute. Must agree, I can't either, but I had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Uh, so, yeah, those are going to be interesting. If they ever come out, they've turned into episode three. They're never going to come. And by talking about them, we've reset the clock. Bugger! Does that mean anytime anybody listens to this, it resets the clock? Yep. We're screwed. Yeah, we are. You guys are sorry. It's not a cumulative delay, though. So anyway, where were we? Yes, we were talking about characterization and stuff. All, All the single, single ladies. ladies. All the single ladies. <laughs> All the single ladies. All the single Troys. Don't. There's not one of those in the room. I know. It's sad. There aren't many single Troys, as far as I'm aware. Really, not sad. It's pretty good actually, <laughs> for both parties involved. Anyway, so, anyway, I think you're over exaggerating Sabina's role. She's a party in this. Well, hurry. Excitement. It's always a party. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like waking up next to you every day. Well, you're not invited to. Well, you'll find out what that's like April 2nd. No, oh, April 3rd, God, you'll I find will. out what it's like. I don't snore. Yes, you, yes, you do. Legend of motor mouth. I know you snore. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you. I think it's better if we don't explain that. I think it is. Legend of motor mouth. We're, in the, same, we're in the same hotel as everybody else. They'll all find out. Yeah. Right. They will all I'm know. Put, no, shut up. Everyone no, on our floor, I anyway. Was the no, 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 I was no, only no. snoring because I'd been drinking. Yes, and what are we going to be doing? <laughs> oh, you realise what the meetup is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the meetup is we're going to Leeds to get pissed with everybody. That's the point. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> so, uh, as we are pressing on, I think it's time to advance our talking of Team Fortress 2 to say that it's constant updating on the PC has worked slightly to its detriment, in my opinion. Hats. 
It began in Africa. No, sorry, not Africa Shocks. Um, it began with hats. It began with hats. It began with hats. It has culminated in locked boxes. Basically, you ran around, and every so often, a hat would appear in your inventory, and you could then wear that hat. It added no benefit to your character in, in any way other than a little bit of diversity and looking a bit special, because you had a hat. Immediately, people took it too seriously. Immediately, people found ways to cheat and get more hats than they were entitled to. Valve responded by taking their hats away from them and giving everyone who hadn't cheated a free hat that was a halo called the Cheater's Lament, a hat they could never get. Which is, that is what Valve do. They do troll cheats. Pretty hard. They don't just, like, ban them or something. They just troll them. They're like, well, okay, you cared enough about hats to cheat to get them all, so we will now introduce a hat you will never have. It will never, ever be in your collection. You'll never be able to get it. It will never be tradable. So cheat all you like, you'll never have the cheater's lament. However, this led to new items all around. It wasn't just hats. Now that the drop system had been introduced... When the character classes began getting updates, which I did like. Oh, yeah. They would introduce a new set of achievements specific to that character. And then once you had achieved a number of them, uh, you would be rewarded with new equipment for that character that didn't fundamentally change the way the character worked, but subtly changed it. Mm -hmm. For example, the soldier who has a rocket launcher, which is slow firing, but has a reasonable area of effect on impact. A pretty big hitting power. Turned into the direct shot. A little quicker firing, and did guaranteed critical damage on a direct hit, I think it is? I honestly don't recall. I don't play soldiers. It's something like that. And it rewarded those soldiers who could hit you, not the floor under your feet. That's kind of cool. By making it more damaging if they shot you directly. Yeah. But the splash damage was reduced, so it was less good as an area control weapon. The, um... Demo Man, for example, had a sticky bomb launcher that could fire two different groups of sticky bombs and you could set off a specific group by looking at it. Ooh. So you could cover two areas at once, which yeah. was really cool. So it was a little subtle changes. But the game was beginning its shift towards being all about tiny little items. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's... It was a game where everybody was on exactly the same footing. Yep. And everybody knew what everybody else could do, and it was fun. And even after the character updates, it was like, <clears throat> is this medic wielding a normal um, Kritzkrieg or a Blitzkrieg? Or whatever it was. I can't remember what the weapons were actually nah, called. I'd never it's played the, medic. Just the Metagun and the Kritzkrieg. Metagun and Kritzkrieg, that's it. Um, and then you go, oh shit, he's a Kritzkrieg doctor. You know, get in there and kill him because he's not invulnerable, but watch out for the oncoming fire. Yeah. You adapted strategy accordingly, and oh shit, this heavy's got a, a Kritzkrieg and a Medigun on him. He's invulnerable and firing criticals. Avoid. Ah. <laughs> Shoot the doctors. But as you develop <clears throat> more and more slightly different weapons... Well, what happened was Valve started charging for them. It's an interesting, I think, experiment... Yeah, And one of the recent blog posts from Valve has kind of, not a retraction of the system, mm. but uh, it was one of the lines from the developers saying, 
it's been interesting to see what worked and what hasn't. Yeah. And we have been listening to our customers. Well, that's the thing about Valve. Uh, throughout the life of Team Fortress 2, a lot of people have said, I'm not sure this is a good idea. And Valve have turned around and said, this is why we did it. And people have gone, huh, okay. I guess that wasn't such a bad idea. Yeah. So I, I give them a lot of rope. I give them a lot of room to maneuver. And I'm like, no, 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 let's see where they're going with this. Yeah. But as soon as you give someone a leg up for money. Yeah. It starts becoming... Yeah. It's there's a quandary. The number of times I get annoyed at some scout who has the full upgrade package because now they have you know items that when worn in combination give you big character buffs and it's gone beyond that subtle changing of a character class to a huge leg up yeah that you just need to pay some pounds for and the number of times i get taken out by a guy who i probably would have stood a chance against if he'd been on the default or even the normal upgraded character gear but because he's got all the upgrade package, he's just that little bit better. Skill isn't as important as gear. Exactly. It's Why? Oh, business, business over the game yeah. is mm. what they were going for. And, and they're making a shit ton of money. It's a, a great, shit ton of money. Fantastic business model, but detriment of the game. Yeah. it's. I'm not playing it because it's the, fan, uh, the best-selling first-person shooter on the computer. I know it's not, but that's not why... <laughs> If and if it was, that's not yeah. why I'd be playing it. I'm playing it because it's a fun, simple game that me and my friends can make. Yeah. And it's not as simple as it was anymore. No. It's still fun. I still play it. But now I'm aware it has this aspect to it. Yeah. Which annoys me. I always really liked the... Um, what I do things. like, though, is they still randomly drop the premium content the premium gear as well so there is still a chance that i will get this full upgrade package for my own characters without spending a penny it's just that you're offering the instant leg up to yeah. people who will pay see it's one of the things of the sorry <clears throat> the uh, the steam pre-ordering and stuff like that yeah where i love the cosmetic changes cosmetic changes great always good yeah like for example, if you've got Poker Knight the inventory, yep. some of those some of the pieces of kit are Dungeon classes. You see, yeah, you, know, you see someone running at you. You see a demo man in shutter shades <laughs> running at you and you go, oh, that guy beats Strongman. Yep. That's... Or my engineer has Sam's Lugamorph. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Instead Dude. of the regular pistol. Yeah. And things my, like for example, my sniper wears the license to maim shield on his chest. And the uh, Total War pack recently also included a Shogun. Yes, um, the Samurai gear. Yes, yes. Eight, eight items for di- each of the classes. The, um, the pack I could have got if I hadn't pre-ordered the game <laughs> when they said it was going to be made. Fuck. And the Monday Night Combat release where you got Team Fortress 2 gear in Monday Night Combat and Monday yeah. Night Combat gear in Team Fortress 2. And I love that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. It's Valve playing to its roots by going, look, this is a silly game. Yep. Let's have a bit of a laugh. And... It introduces just some fun content to Steam subscribers to go hey, yeah. check it out. And I mean, it all started with like you could get the cap from Left 4 Dead, which was another Valve game, so it sort of made sense it was an internal thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's just grown from there, and they seem to be offering it as an option to anyone who goes through Steam. A lot of, di- a, a lot of Steam games. Yeah. Like Shogun was one I would never, ever have pegged. And to there it was. PS2 stuff. Which was so cool. And. It's all cosmetic as far as I'm yep. aware. And that I like. That's one of those 
harkening back to the old days of yeah. just you can spot an engineer, but knowing that he's played, you know, Poker Night in Inventory, you kind of go, Haha, cool. That's and a good game. I like off. that game. And then you shoot him. Yeah. And to be honest, all of this up until this point is quite forgivable. The one thing I think Valve has done as a complete misstep, because it is pure greed, is the locked crates. And you don't know what's in that box until you pay to open it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here is a free box. It may contain... Now, this is the thing that gets me, is we all know this business uh, uh, strategy. Yeah. The scratch cards that you get free tucked in a magazine, and it's like, you might win a ballpoint pen, a holiday to Tenerife, a new car. You've won the ballpoint pen. You know you have, and it'll cost more than the cost of a ballpoint pen to claim it. I. This crate may contain pink paint, or an awesome gun, or an amazing bit of gear. Nah, it's the pink paint. I know it is, because it gives, it lists a few things that might be in the crate. Yeah. And it is going to be one of those things. But you know it's going to be the shittest one. Every single time. Not every single time. Not every time. single time. And that's but the kicker. such a statistically insignificant number of times is it going to be anything other than the shittest one. Yeah. It that, is just gambling. Yeah, and it is the same as the scratch card that's tucked in your magazine. They wouldn't be giving them away if it was in your interest. Does Valve have a gambling license? See, the thing is, is all three of them effectively cost the same amount for Valve to make. Why not make all three of them cool? Yeah. Let's make all three things cool. And that suddenly takes away almost the sort of mean-spiritedness of it. Well, I think think all of them cost more if bought individually on the store. So you get them cheaper by buying the key instead. But I don't want pink paint! Actually, exactly. Pink century would be fucking boss. However, it's an incredible way to troll someone because there are people out there who cannot abide a locked crate. I don't care. So if you just keep giving them locked crates, they will wig out. They will wig out and spend a fortune on keys. It's not a nice thing to it's, do, but it's funny. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> It's also incredibly wrong and evil. However, I, I, this is another thing I think um, Valve have done as a misstep. You can also trade items. You know, you can give items to people and take items from them and trade. Yeah. That's fine. You shouldn't be able to do it in-game. Why not? Because a fucking dialogue pops up in the middle of the screen going, such and such would like to trade with you. When ah. you're trying to shoot something. If that was less intrusive, would that mm. be a pain in the ass? I think it's... Why is it in-game? It's still... Make a note of their the name flow, and do it in the it? menu. Send yeah. a message saying, I would like to trade with you. Don't do it in-game, whilst I'm scoped on someone trying to line up for a headshot. Hmm. And I was like, I would like to trade with you! Go away. I'm busy. All right, interesting it just, point. It bugs me. It's n- not good for gameplay flow. Yeah. Flow, I, th- I think there is yeah. more a question of immersion and flow. And that's kind of, that's or at least point. give me the option to turn off the notifications. Yeah. Like, I don't want to trade during a game. Ignore anyone who asks. Yeah. Still, those are the criticisms. Those kind of minor criticisms, because you still can pick up, I mean, what's what, six ninety nine at the moment? Probably. TF2, if it's not on special for some reason. sixteen ninety nine for the whole orange box. Yeah, as that is the show we're doing. And it's, that's what I was doing. I was, our good friend Boz from Here Goes Nothing got his Steam account set up. And I was thinking, 
I'll just buy him a present. I was looking through the <laughs> list of games thinking I could buy him that, I could get him that. And I thought, but he'd enjoy that. He would also enjoy that. They're like a tenner each. Why don't I just get the orange, the orange box? He'll yeah, enjoy all yeah. of it. Why do I never get presents? Because you've already got it. I, That's I true. You do Dawn, own everything on Steam. I don't have Dawn of War Retribution. <laughs> I'm not spending that much money on you. I don't have a monster truck. Okay, no. I'll get you Dawn of War Retribution. No, you won't, because there's a big if coming, isn't there? Yeah, no, actually, no, wait. What I was thinking didn't actually make sense. That gave you more money than I was thinking. Hang on, go no. back to what you were going to say. No, that's stupid. <laughs> All right. I think we may have reached the end of the the logical progression of this show. Hey, Troy, you owe me 30 quid. Do I? Yes. Hotel room. Hotel. Oh, yeah, cool. Because no, I think, like you know, some of our listeners might be pleased to know that we've booked rooms for the meetup. We, we have finally, two weeks before the fact... We're Although we've cool known, guys. we've known since just, I've had the time booked off work since January. Two weeks before the fact, we finally booked a hotel, and we've decided to go with the hotel that everybody else is staying with. Yeah, the Plaza. The Travel Lodge was booked out because of a football game, and the also because lodge. it's and it has twin beds, and that means I don't have to share with Troy. <laughs> well, you have to share a room, but you don't have to share the bed, which is good. Which is a bonus. Hey, hey. hey. People voluntarily share beds with me. But ultimately, I think... Person. I mean, the reason we went for the plaza rather than the travel lodge, let's face it, the real reason, it cost £5 a head more and we were in the same building as everyone else. Room yeah. parties! Why would we not want to do that? I'm so looking forward to this. It is going to be awesome. Anyone's ever wanted to see me drunk and disorderly in reality, please come along to the... Pimply simply 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 simplicated. Pimply simply wimbly. Come along to the 2012 Olympics where I'll be <laughs> drinking and shouting at athletes. <laughs> and I can't get into my Steam account. Hey. Go Steam. Steam heard you criticizing TF2 and decided to to Well the reason I wanted to log in was to say despite these criticize uh, criticizements uh, criticisms you've logged 8 million hours yeah I wanted to see how many hours I had actually logged into this game oh far too many <laughs> I don't know about far too many but I've logged a few and it's a lot what's bothering me is I can't even lo- log into the community website oh that's quite worrying mm. anyhow shall anyhow we, um... I have logged many an hour into Team Fortress 2 despite its error verifying humanity yes as a side note, just before we finish the show, I fucking hate those prove you're not a robot boxes because I can't do them. I yeah. have a horrible feeling I might be a robot because <laughs> as in the Big Bang Theory, I've never knowingly broken Asimov's three laws. I have. Have you? Yeah. That's true. I've, actually. I've brought harm to another human being. Oh, but did they have it coming? Well, it was not as a direct order from a human being. Mm-hmm. And yes, they had it coming. Did they learn a valuable lesson from it that would preserve their life in the future? I.e. if they kept annoying you like that, were you going to kill them? I would never be able to actually murder them because I was nine at the time. Um, I don't think they learned a valuable lesson because I did it to them again a couple <laughs> of months later. Um, maybe I was trying to three-law a moron. Because the thing about the three laws is they're often misunderstood. 
because the buy-in action allow a human to come to harm actually gives you an enormous amount of leeway as a robot to fuck up a shit for people. Yeah, breaking like, those legs is less harmful than him dying. Exactly. So if he's about to run into the street and you shoot him, break his knees, he won't die. You have uh, otherwise by an action you would have allowed him to come to harm. You have chosen the lesser of two evils and delivered the lesser harm to save him from the worse harm. So I broke broke a guy's nose when I could have snapped his neck. That's a different thing. If you're if you're the one you're saving them from, uh, however, if they were going to drive you to that and you decided to shut them up with a swift break of the nose, yes, that's arguably three laws. Well, I didn't break his <laughs> nose. The desk I hit his head against broke his nose. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yes, I, I fear I may be a robot because I can very rarely prove my humanity. It depresses me. I don't care. <laughs> the only one I like is the Geek Nights forum which is, here is a box that you can type anything you like in it, just whatever you type in here, make sure it convinces us you're a human. <laughs> um, sandwich. Meat. Fail. That's, that doesn't convince me you're a human. Those are random words. I thought that was the point of those... No, no, it's whatever you type in here, it should convince us that you're human. Oh, so like I typed I'm... in Cogito Ergo Sum. Fuck you. <laughs> I would type in I am definitely not a robot my skin is moist and pink would work that would be fine would it a spam bot is very unlikely to see a random field it doesn't expect to be in a form and type that that's true it may know that its skin is moist as pink though a spam bot doesn't have skin it would be lying a spam bot would be moist and pink no its name is Jenny it is 26 from Cheltenham <laughs> <laughs> I can't say Cheltenham properly that's right it's race week You've forgotten where Nobody you can say Cheltenham properly in race That uh, is true. But yes, uh, so Capture is my nemesis. I am clearly not human. Anyway, Team Fortress 2, despite its uh, flaws, it is one of the best designed... Uh, the music! We haven't <laughs> even touched. It has an incredible soundtrack that is very fitting for the game. And it's so does Portal. And so does Portal. and mad and fun... And atmospheric in a bizarre way. <laughs> and so does... I think it's a general thing with Valve games. The music is very well yes. done. Although you do touch on a point that is worth bringing up before we wrap the show. <laughs> Again. Because <laughs> it is perfectly legal to use content in an editorial capacity. And as we are reviewing the game, it is entirely legal for me to demonstrate the awesomeness of the music and have a very special closing theme. Yay. What one? What? Well, I think this show was a triumph, don't you? Oh! I'm making a note, note here. here. It it's a huge, huge success. success. God Thanks, fucking damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so until next Jinx, time... Jinx, I win. I have been Simon. I have been Mike. I am going to kill Mike. You'll remember my name only ever as Carl Swanji. <laughs> and this was a triumph. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> This was a triumph I'm making a note here Huge success It's hard to overstate my satisfaction Aperture science We do what we must Because we can for the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. That was World One Stage One. Visit our website at world number one stage number one dot com. Join our forum, 
send us an email, or follow us on Twitter at W1S1. And, of course, our thanks go to Power Glove for our theme tune. <laughs>